Everybody say this. Say, God's got this. And I'm going to listen and do what he says. So we've been talking about just fixing the money thing. And this is actually uh, week four in, uh, in this series. And so I'm, uh, I'm going to get my, all my notes up here. I'm excited about good stuff. You know, God ever takes you, and he does. He, the Bible says he goes, takes us from glory to glory. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of work sometimes. I am, I am always under construction. I, I've told my wife, you've heard me say this here, I'm a masterpiece sometimes on my way to being a masterpiece. He, I'm entertainment for heaven. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm me. And so I think it brings a lot of humor to heaven. But anyway, you know, but there's times in your life where you get to a point and you know, even if it's difficult, come on, it doesn't necessarily mean God put that on you because that's not what we're talking about. But all things, everybody say all, work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite scriptures. It doesn't say all things are good. But it says they'll work together for good. So the enemy tries a lot of stuff. But if we understand that God is the bottom line, he's who I serve, he's who I give allegiance to, then this will work out for my good. So when we go through some stuff or some things that we have to do, and so PK and I, PK stands for Pastor Kim, and so we, you know, we look at everything. So you know, we consistently are, are looking at stuff. How can we make it better? What will get more people to Jesus? How can we be a bigger light in the, in the community? What could we do? You know, God, what's the next thing that you want us to do? And so we look at things, and so we're excited to announce that here in the near future, we're revamping, uh, you know, um, Kids Town back there, and we're going to give them some things that every element of what those kids need, it's going to be ramped up to a level they should just be like, oh, my word. Uh, and so we're excited about that, and the, and the students that are back there from 180 that help teach that, they're going to have hands-on opportunity to be able to do a lot of things from from helping with the drama, helping with the teaching, helping with the skits, all of that, uh, videos, all kinds of themes, all that stuff. And then with 180 as well, we're looking at things to amp that up as well. And I have some great help in 180. I've got people I, I'd match their medal with most. They're just, their hearts are for God, their hearts are for the church, and they just are doing amazing things. And, and 180 is doing well, but we want to make sure that it even does the best, that we can do what God is calling us to do so that your youth and your teens and your kids are going to come back from this place going, we got to go back. There's just so much good stuff happening. So in the next weeks to come, that's going to, you know, we're, we got to get some things here and get them here and then get planned and all of that stuff. So all of that's coming, but I just wanted you to know that we're in the process for for doing that. But how many knows when we're talking about fixing the money thing, we, we called it that because the money is the least of these things. Okay? Because if we can fix that, I mean, some of these other things are like, well, how's that involve money? Well, obviously, we have to buy curriculum. We have to do that. So that's going to involve money. But way past that, it's our heart. It's how we handle what God has given us. What are we going to do with what God has given us? How will we steward the things that God has given us? So we've been looking at those kind of things. Today is going to be, uh, we're going to talk about a word you've heard before, but it's not a common word, but I'm going to associate it with what we mean so it'll help you. We are going to fix the money thing by breaking the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon. And so... Uh, we've talked in the first few weeks, we talked about our heart. If you remember, your heart follows your treasure. 
It's never the other way around. It gets misquoted all the time. Your treasure follows your heart. No, your heart follows your treasure. If you want to be invested in the kingdom, and I'm not talking just finance, I'm talking about just kingdom principles, then your heart will follow that. So, uh, you know, so we have to understand, we've talked about our heart. We've talked about um, who was on first last week. So where, where's God in the scheme? And I said, show me, show me your check register, and I'll, I can show you where God is. Because remember now, money's the least of these. So if I'm going to hit one of these things, and it's going to hit this little twang in your heart, and you're going to like, oh, I wish you wouldn't talk about that. Let's just get past that. There's probably going to be some twangs in this. Yeah. I get, yeah, we'll just leave that where that's at. But it'll be okay. It's, it's going to be all good because you have to get to a point where you have to assess and go, God, do I want to go to the next level? Do I want to fix this? Because sometimes we want that, but we're not fixing this. And you can't have that until this is fixed. We want to go from A to Z, and most of the time we don't want to do B, C, D, E, F, G, and on up. Just get me there. So let's, let's figure this out so that we can make the most and live our life purposefully to get where we need to be. Luke 16, 9 through 15. <clears throat> Here's the lesson. This is Jesus. Use your worldly resources to benefit others, make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. If you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. If you're un trustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one, love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all of this and scoffed at him. Then he said to them, you like to appear righteous in public. Remember, man looks on the outward, God looks on the heart. But God knows your heart. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Now, the word mammon, if you have a new King James or King James, that's where you're going to see that. It's used four times in Scripture, three in Luke and one in Matthew, quoting that same passage. Now, in, in the New Living Translation, I like New Living because it's just easy to understand. So I like it. And New King James is great, too. I like that. It, new King James is basically King James without the D's and the Dow's. So instead of thy hither go yonder, it'll just be you go over there. So anyway, well, when it's, this says uh, uh, devoted to one and despise the other, you cannot serve God. The New Living says and be enslaved to money. The King James or New King James will, see, will say mammon. So let's talk about this for just a second and understand what God is trying to say. So it appears four times. What is mammon? Most people think it's money, and it's literally past that. Money is represented by that spirit, but it is the spirit that rests on money. Okay, um, and so we're going to look at three questions today. I want us just to go a little bit deeper, if I could, so that we can kind of just see. God, show me what you want me to see so that I can see it and I can do it. Here's the first question. What is mammon? Mammon is an Aramaic word which means riches. Not in itself. It was the Syrian god of riches, and he came from Babylon. So we talk about Babylon. Revelation talks about Babylon. Most aren't sure where that came from, but we know him from Sunday school or, or vacation Bible school, the Tower of Babel. Remember that? They're building a tower, and they're going to build it all the way up you know, to heaven, and they didn't need God. And so just know that the word Babylon means founded or sown in confusion. 
Isn't that what the world is like? It's just sown in confusion. There's so many, oh, this, and then, you know, and now, you know, we're getting into now the presidential debates and all that. And so you're, you're trying to figure out, well, is this a candidate or is this just a voice of some kind? Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff, but the world is like that. It's just because their foundation is on things other than the kingdom. So it is sown in confusion. And so we don't want that spirit that says, I don't need God. I can do all of this on my own. I don't need God. That is the spirit of Babel, the spirit of Mammon. Mammon says what you need is money. Money is the answer to all your problems. You just need more money. You just need to win the lotto. You just need for Steve Harvey to show up with a check that you get $1,000 every week from Publishers Clearinghouse. That's what you need. Now, getting $1,000 every week for the rest of your life, that would be wonderful. <laughs> and that, there's nothing wrong with having money, but again, we're talking about the spirit that rests on it. That's why the Bible says, he doesn't say money is evil, he says the love of money. It's okay to have money, it's okay to be wealthy, it's okay to be rich, it's okay to be, but it's not okay to have that have you. That's what God is talking about. He's talking about the love of that. All money has a spirit on it. All money has a spirit on it. Now, it either has the spirit of mammon, or as we would say, the earth curse system or the world system, or the spirit of God or the kingdom. It's got one of the other. Now, in heaven, you don't need money. You don't need any money in heaven. That's not how things transpire in heaven. Money's not, money is needed here. So we need to understand there is a spirit on it. There, you know, is, God is pretty simple. Sometimes we think, oh, God, he's deep. He is deep, but he does, he's not so deep you can't understand him. That's why we have his spirit inside us so that we can communicate and we can, we can pray perfectly by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. It's amazing what God will do and how he does what he does. But listen, it's just like there's two choices. There's good and there's evil. There's bad and there's good. And there's, you know, in the garden, here's a tree. Don't touch that one. You can have all those. Keep your hands off that one. And there's choices. There's heaven, there's hell. Pretty simple, black, white. There's people that, you know what? A loving God would never send me to hell. God won't send you to hell. You will send yourself by your own choice or lack thereof. God won't do that to you. He gives you a choice. You see, that's why, aren't you glad you live in America? Boy, we can still worship. People aren't stopping you. That's why if money has a spirit on it, that's why your money needs to, be, it needs to be redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was born, remember when we talked about being born unclean, about what had to be sacrificed or redeemed, but because of Christ on the cross, I've been redeemed. Because remember that first portion redeems the rest. We talked about giving God first fruit, first, first portion, and the rest was blessed. So I, I need to redeem. I need to get my things that God has given me steward over under the kingdom of God. Get God's spirit on it. Remember things in the Bible. Satan wanted, he wanted, you know, all the firstborn. Remember God said the firstborn is mine. And the death angel came. Remember that story? That's not just a story. That literally happened. And the Israelites, the promised people, they went into houses and they took the blood of the lamb and they put it over the doorpost come on 
and, and the firstborn inside that house was safe. The enemy couldn't touch him. Why? Because they were redeemed. God will protect money that's blessed for the kingdom use, and it can be multiplied. And I've got so many stories, and we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to talk to you about multiplication. I'm going to talk to you about how that works. So money has one spirit or the other. Earth curse system or the spirit of mammon. The world system or the kingdom. So if it has the earth system or the world system on it, it can be eaten by the devourer. If it has, that's why when we do offering, when we bring our offering to the Lord, we bring it to him. It's not ours. We don't give the Lord what's already his. I mean, we, we use the word give Loosely, but when it's brought, it never, it's, it's always brought. It's not given because it's his. So when we bring it, we bring it out of the earth curse system. And you'll hear me say we put it in the kingdom. And why? Because then God has legal, because you have, you, listen, you have authority by whose money it has been put in charge of to put it now into the kingdom. So God can say, okay, because you have made that choice and you serve me, I can now protect that. I can now make that multiply. We don't just do things because, hey, that just that sounds good. Let's just do that. No, we do that because there's a purpose behind it. Mammon promises you everything and gives you nothing. So see, the world is always promising you everything and giving you nothing. It is a liar. It promises you only what God can give. Mammon says, if you serve me, if you do this with your money, if you do this or whatever. Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and you can't serve the earth curse system. And we have so many people, even as believers, I got one foot in here. I got one foot in here. And again, we want this, but we have to let go of that. And we don't want to do that. And so then we have the struggle. People want answers. They want to see like something. I want to see light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's people out there that are very protective of their answers. They found a way. They almost don't want anybody else to know it. Because you know. That, that makes them the king. So to speak. When we were kids growing up. We went to Michigan to fish all the time. And you've heard me tell the story. There were the guys that we called the walleye boys. And they would go. And they would go out on Mullet Lake. And they'd go out and they'd come back in with walleye. Charlie you like fish? I'm saying, walleye, I mean, walleye's a good eating fish. They come back and they go, they had a fish house at our camp. And, and so they'd be in there and there'd be like six, eight, ten people around that fish house looking at this amazing catch. And my dad, my dad would be like Sherlock Holmes, son. Go over there and find out where they caught the fish. Okay, so I'd go over there and, you know, you, there's a kid, you're ten years old, you're putting on your kid. Uh, hi, hi there. Uh, mister? <laughs> Where'd you catch those fish? You know what I got? The lake. What'd you catch them with? My pole. They don't want to tell anybody. It's like going to somebody and saying, hey, how'd you lose all that weight? Quit eating. Not helping me. But God says, listen, I got answers for you in the kingdom. I can show you fruit. Mammon promises you security, but can't give you any. 
Because Mammon will say, boy, if I just would win the lotto, if Steve Harvey would show up, it would change everything. If I just had a thousand more dollars, if I had 500 more dollars, I mean, I don't know what the figure is, but Mammon promises you all these things, freedom, joy, peace, significance. You know, boy, if I had a lot of money, my friends would like me. You know, the prodigal son, as long as his money held out, so does friends. If that's why they really like you, they don't really like you. Mammon says, you need me, you don't need God. The world says, you need me, I can provide all the answers, you don't need God. Jesus says, if you love one and hate the other, you will be loyal to one and despise the other. And see, we get mad as believers at God. We've all done it, probably, I mean, me included. Lord, you said, and we're mad at God because of our finances. Now listen to what I'm saying, because this is one of those twang. If you, if you despise one, it's because you've been loyal to the other. Without even realizing it, I've been like, okay, Lord, you know, because then my heart, again, we're talking about our heart, comes down to what we believe. God, you didn't provide. I gave and you didn't provide, or I didn't get enough. I, I sowed and I wanted this. Well, you know, our mentality, we've been loyal to something besides the Lord. If our needs don't get met right away, God, you got issues, man. You promised and you didn't. You know, I'm just saying, I have lived this. The first vehicle I gave away, I expected I was going to get another vehicle before the weekend was over. Didn't happen. One year later. That's a lot of shoes to wear out. That's a long time to go with one car with four kids. When I had a work car and, you know, it was a truck actually. And I was getting mad at God. And I'd have wonderful believers come up and tell me, so and so is supposed to give you their vehicle. They're just not following God. Really? And then it puts you in the middle. I even had this hey, you need to give pastor your truck. I had somebody say that once, and I'm right there. You talk about awkward, because the dude goes, well, I asked God, and he said no. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, I'm, and I just said, hey, I didn't, I didn't ask you for your truck, did I? No. Keep your truck. I had the same person go up to the person I gave my truck to and said, God's telling me to tell you to give the truck back. So this person's coming to me going, I guess I'm supposed to give your truck back. I said, I am not taking the truck back. Last time I checked, God doesn't do that either. You keep the truck. You be happy with it. He will provide for me. Come on. So we have to understand this comes back to God. I don't need the world's system. I need you. God, you will meet my needs. This is a hard issue. See, the problem is we've all grown up in the earth system for most of our lives. Some 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We've all, well, it's just, it's just natural. Everybody has to do this. We all have to do that. And we get it because that's how the system is. What if God has a better way? Our hearts, if not mistake, my heart used to look 
for money, not God. I thought I was looking for God, but my heart wasn't right. Do you see it? We, we got to start putting this, God, you supply all my needs. I can't even tell you there's times that me and PK, we'd come home, we gave stuff that we didn't even like, oh, Lord, that's painful. We don't have, we have four children and go like, what are we going to do for groceries? I don't know. But my God shall supply all of my need. Lord, you told me to give it. I don't know. And we didn't tell anybody. Come home, there'd be seven bags of groceries sitting on our front porch. How the timing was, don't know. How that happened, don't know other than God. Who gave it? To this day, I still don't know. But I am telling you, when we understand how God works and just say, Lord, I'm just a steward over this stuff. This is money I'm bringing into your kingdom by the authority that you've given me. You see, mammon in the system is really, if we think about it, the earth curse system is the spirit of the Antichrist. You know how it rules? It doesn't rule through nuclear war. Thank God we still, you know, we haven't had a, anything in a long time. I'm very thankful for that. We live in a God-fearing America for the most part. That's what we claim. Some people just, well, well they believe in God because it says, in God we trust on our money. You know there's people trying to get that off there? Our country was founded on godly principles. But I'm not here to tell you about that today. But what I'm telling you is, this is how the spirit operates. It through, now think about this. It's not through nuclear war. It's through buying and selling. If you don't have enough money, how will you pay bills? How will you barter? How will you buy groceries? How will you... Mammon says you won't be able to provide. I am the answer to all your problems. That's what Mammon says. And this is how we bought into it. We think, I, I need God to come through, which we could all say that. That's pretty, I get it. But if he doesn't, maybe if the master doesn't come through, maybe I could use MasterCard. Or I just need God to speak to somebody to give me some money. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of that. Have you ever? I don't know. Maybe you're not. I'm, maybe I'm the only guy in here. But those kind of things, when, when we, we're saying things, but we're saying things hoping that someone hears. You know what I'm saying? There's two little boys, and, and they're staying at Grandma's house, and, and it's almost Christmas, and so they're up saying their prayers. Grandma says, say your prayers. And so little Joey's up there, and he's saying, God, I need a PlayStation! And I need a bike. And Tommy says, Joe, God is not deaf. He goes, I know, but Grandma is. <laughs> Sometimes we just say things because we're hoping or we're hinting someone will take pity on us. And, and you know, and I get, to, but I'm, I'm telling you, let's get past that. Let's get to where God, I know you know me and, I, and my heart is to know you. And you know what I need, and you know how to provide it, and I don't care if you have to send ravens. God, you'll send everything I need because you are my God. I don't have to tell man. I just have to love you and do what you say. Mammon tries to compare itself to God. It wants to be your God, the earth-cursed system. But Jesus never told any 
blind person, any leper, any whatever person he healed, he never said, you know what? What you need is a couple more denarii. What you need is five more bucks. That's what you need. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't bring that back there. He, he puts things in perspective. Your faith will make it. What do you say? Mammon is subtle. Well, if you had more money, you could help more people on your street. You could do more things. You could buy more people that don't have anything. You could be better at Christmas. All those are truth, but it's twisted. Because it's wanting you to look at your allegiance of who you're giving allegiance to. And my friend, God does not share that with anybody. It is who, not who we are, it's whose we are. It's amazing how the enemy is subtle like that because it is truth, but again, he will twist it. We have to know our source is God. Anything that you do, I love entrepreneurs. I love people that are like, yes, I've got my own business. I've got that. I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm for that. What I don't like is I don't want things that are just, you're just a step on the ladder and people are just going to climb up the ladder and step on you and get rich, quick schemes and things and all that. I mean, I'm okay with networking and all that. I get that. But let's, let's just get down to the bottom line. Who's our source? How do we treat people? Have you ever known the spirit of the earth, the, the mammon? It talks. You've heard it. I've heard it. Your teenagers heard it. If you don't have the latest cell phone, if you don't have cool shoes, if you're not wearing the right clothes, you can't be accepted. You see, there's all these things that are trying to get us to get our attention off of the Lord. If you had the right stuff, people would pay more attention to you. If you could buy your friends, how many knows that doesn't last long? Here's our second question. Is money evil? Money is not evil. Money is neutral. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So we don't worship money. We don't like covetedness or greediness or selfishness. We're like, God, this is a tool. Money is a, a tool. It can be used for good or bad. It can be used for temporal purposes or eternal purposes. If we're going to invest money from TLC for curriculum that will invest in eternal purposes for kids in kids' town. It's going to make things better. It's something the Lord wants us to do. It's okay. It's not my money. Luke 16, 9 says this. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others, make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. This is what it sounds like. It's saying if you use your money to get friends and help people when they're short, when you need it, they'll help you. Isn't it amazing? Now, the world would call that karma or they'd call whatever, but God is just saying, take care of each other. Do things that are eternally minded. Show people the fruit that he has. I mean, just it's, it's an amazing. Uh, in, in the King James, if you look at that scripture, it has the word fail in there, and that means like if, when you pass, if Jesus tarries and you go, they're going to welcome you. How many people you know, know that when we get there, we're going to see people that have went to Jesus before us? And you're going to see people that you helped get there because God used you. 
for eternal purposes. Luke 16, 11. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So, again, remember when we talked in the beginning with PK saying money is the least of these. If we're not doing the least of these, the true riches of heaven, you know what the true riches of heaven are? People. People. If, you're not trust, if you can't be trusted with the least, with finances, how are you going to be trusted with true riches? Because when we have true riches, we know that it's not my money. I'm steward over it. What do you want me to do with it? He's going to invest it so that people will get into the... Come on. We're going to empty out hell and fill up heaven. There's people that will never find Jesus unless you tell them. Or at least show them and maybe use words. So people are riches. They're the true riches. Think of these three words. People last forever. I've done, I don't know how many funerals. And every funeral I've done, I've never seen a U-Haul pass the casket. They don't bury the stuff. Some people put stuff in the casket and all that stuff. I get that, I, you know, because it means something to them. But let's, you know, if we're honest, you can't take anything with you. People, your church family, your family, they last forever. The true riches are people. So this is my job. As a pastor, I'm supposed to show you what this book says about how important you are in his kingdom and how important Jesus and what he's done. So if we're not faithful with finances, how can we be trusted with true riches? People. It makes us look at things a little bit different. Why would, as a pastor, I say, okay, listen, I want you to be in leadership. <clears throat> and let's just say that you have no scruples when it comes to finances. You know, in jobs nowadays, if you want a job somewhere, they will search your Facebook account, social media. They'll see what you're, you can look at me funny if you want, but they will. They will look and see what you like and what you, because they're going to say, are you a good fit for my company? So as a pastor, if you're like, I don't care about this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to, then why would I put you in charge of people who God says is the true riches? Now, you might be saying, well, well, PB, then that means if I've ever had some financial problem, I can never, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your heart. I am, I am the poster child for somebody that's had financial problems in the beginning. Hey, I, I know what it's like to be bankrupt. Been there, done that. Don't like it. I know what it's like to be on, on uh, Medicaid and welfare and WIC and all that. Been there, done that. I don't like it. Now, that, I'm not saying that stuff's bad because sometimes you need that, and that's what it's there for. It's okay. But it's not there for your lifestyle. Well, it was a little late, but it was good. You know, it's, it's supposed to help you get on your feet. You know when we help people, sometimes we enable people to stay disabled. What if we were, I don't want to teach you how, here, 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 you can have some of my fish or I can teach you how to fish so you can eat for life. That's my job. That's what, that's what we do. Our job, PK and me, equip the saints. Fish for life. You, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you how the kingdom works to the best of the ability God has given me so that you, when I'm not there, you don't need me, you just need God. 
And if I've showed you this works and then you tap into the kingdom in it, it will work for you. Do you know that the kingdom will work for people that operate in it? It's not just because I'm, I'm nobody. I put my pants on just like you do. I hope you wear pants. One leg at a time. I want people to say, you know what, God? All I have is yours. What do you want me to do with it? Now, will God make you give all that away? No, I don't think so all the time. How many knows that there's tests? I have somebody say, you know what? God never tests his people. Do you even read the book? I mean, this isn't Aesop's fables. Yes, he does. It says he put them in the wilderness to humble them and to test them. And I had somebody tell me, he doesn't test me. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm just here, and I don't know if my brother-in-law is here. I'm looking. Uh, he might be out, uh, out front. Um, he's on security. But I remember, and my sister will tell you this. I mean, he just looks like a cool biker, doesn't he? I mean, he's, he's like six. How tall is he? He's 5'10". See, I'm thinking he's 6'5". I mean, he's just like, he's 5'10". In my eyes, he's 6'5". But, he, I mean, he's just like a stud of a dude. I remember when she brought him home. I met him. He had hair down the middle of his back. I talked to him. I don't even know if he answered. I was just like, oh, he's tough. Because he just looked like, I mean, he was a biker man. And, and, but he has taken great care of my sister. He's taken great care of his family. His daughters adore him. Because he's just, I mean, I would not want to come against Jeff in a dark alley or even a lidded one. Lidded. <laughs> just stay with me. I was homeschooled. It's one of the gooder decisions we've ever made. <laughs> Both my parents worked. <laughs> so what I'm saying is he, he had a really beautiful bike. It was gorgeous. I mean, just spotless. And the Lord told him, he said, I want you to take it. I want you to sell it. And I'm sure inside Jeff was like, I do not want to sell my bike. Jesus, you would look good on my bike. But he did what the Lord said. He took it to the place and they put it on the showroom. They put it in the window or something. And everybody walked by and was like, oh, it didn't sell. And he's like, why it didn't sell? And the Lord said, you can go get your bike back now. You know why? Because it was his heart. God was not after the bike. He's after your heart. So it's an amazing thing when we understand, God, you know what? All I have is yours. I just want to do what you want me to do. I don't want the spirit of the earth curse system or mammon on there. And we've done, you know, we have a connection now. It was called Grow Track. And years ago, we were in the other building. And there was people there. And, and one of the questions, you know, the, well, it wasn't actually one of our questions, but the little daughter turned to her father and said, Daddy, do we tithe? And he went, shh, be quiet. Don't talk about that. And I just, now I look back and I, and I laugh, you know, because in anything, we, we need to understand this concept. God, this isn't my money. This is your money. And, and let me just say, and, and God loved them, but they've, they've always been a struggling group. You know Why? Because their allegiance is to the wrong kingdom. It's not that they're bad people. They just got this mixed up. So anyway, hear my heart. If you've had, you know, some of the people that have had some major issues are the best people to be in a position because they've learned. 
And they're like, hey, don't do what I do. Let me show you. This works. This didn't. So I get that. So just understand. Here's question three, and then we'll get finished with this. What should I do with money? Pretty simple. Be a good steward. God's looking for good stewards. Now think about this. If we had this side over here is just a bunch of hurting people, and this side over here is God, and in the middle are you and me, how do we get God to the hurting people? Well, he's going to use you. How's he going to do that? He's going to tell you what to do. But it's going to be through stewardship of what he's giving you. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do that? It might not always be money. It might be just a kind word. It might be holding the door open. It might be giving somebody the card at Aldi's. You want to talk about somebody that... God told me one time, just give, the, give your card to so-and-so. And I'm like, ah, there's a quarter in that. <laughs> See, you were thinking highly of me till now, weren't you? This is, I'm just saying, I've been, I've been in entertainment for heaven. And, and I think Jesus is like, and? Oh, 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 okay. You know, those kind of things. Sometimes we just have to get our mind right. I'll get there. All right. Let me, let me, I'll get there now. Remember when I brought three guys up? And, and here was the illustration. I'm going to give each of you $10,000 to take care of PK, Pastor Kim. Take care of her, and, and all you have to do is send her $1,000 a month. And you can keep the nine. I'm like, where's that pastor? Let me be part of that group. I mean, would that not be cool? $9,000 every month for what? Sending her $1,000? That's a pretty good deal. And remember, we had the one guy sent $1,000 every month. And after three months, we're checking up. He sent $1,000 every month. The other guy sent $2,000. And we're like, oh, man, that's awesome. I always told him to send one. He's sending two. And remember the one guy? Mm, first month, 700. Second month, 300. Third month, he's never sent anything. Would I keep giving $10,000 to him? No, I'm not going to give it to him anymore. I'm going to give his money to the guy that sent two. Why? Because I can trust him. Because he's a good steward. Let me make this as plain as I can. And know the heart behind it. Good stewards get more. Bad stewards don't. They, could God still bless them? Sure. But I'm just saying, and we don't give to get, but our heart is, it's not mine. So if I'm doing what God is telling me to do, he's like, I can bless you because I trust you. Think about it. If I can trust in the least, true riches. He's not worried about the amount then because he, he's got my heart. He's got my allegiance. Could you be trusted? There's a story of a pastor that went and said, you know, Lord, I just need your help. I need your help, Lord. I need, I need you know, my business to grow. We are on skid row. So the pastor said, okay, let's believe. He said, you know, are you tithing? He said, I don't know. I don't know. He said, listen, why don't you start tithing? And so he started, and the Lord blessed his business. And so instead of $20 every week within not a short amount of time, this guy was given $200 every week. And pretty, pretty soon, he was given $2,000. His business was exploding. It was going, and, you know, and he's like, wow. And then he said, hmm, having a hard time writing that check. So he went to the pastor and said, you know what? I don't know that I need to give this much. And would you pray with me? And the pastor said, sure. Lord, I pray that you bring him back to where he was before when he had your heart. The guy's like, 
I don't want that. Here's the thing. Just give. If it's not yours, let God have it. It's his. You don't have to give it to him. Just bring it to him. It's already his. So, and then our hearts are right. That's why you'll, you'll see me say we take it out of the earth curse system and the world system and we put it into God. I'm going to show you in the next two weeks how that happens and what happens and why God can do what he can do. And I'll show you how to multiply that by the kingdom and see God do what he does. I have people that will say stuff like this. My little unrighteous mammon, the little stuff. I mean, I don't give but a pittance. You're not even going to miss it. If I don't give it, nobody will even know the difference. I'll never have what you have. And let me say this, and I'll say it in love, and you never will. Because the little bit is a test. Now, I'm not just saying this to you. I've had to say it to my kids. Well, that's not very much. It's not about the amount. First portion redeems the rest. It's about the spirit on it. It's about the kingdom. It's about the allegiance. Does God need your money? He's got streets of gold. No. What he's looking for? Your heart. That's what he's looking for. Your heart follows your treasure. Luke 16.10 says, If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. If you're dishonest in little, you won't be honest with greater you got to understand the little is a test. What you do with the little, he'll bless you with more. I think I said this in the first service. If I said it in this service, I'm going to say it again and just go, oh, you said that. But I think it was the first service. We were in a service one time, and a guy stood up and said, Pastor, i got a testimony. Okay, that's good. He said, I just want to tell God, shut off the faucet. I've got so much blessing coming in. I just, it's just coming so fast and so much. I can't take anymore. Shut it off. Now, if I had a moron stamp, I would go. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now, here you before you throw me to the wolves, if you've got all you need, what about people that need more? What about how many people we could help? What about people that just haven't figured out? Sometimes they want what you have or how to do, but they don't know the kingdom. And you'll be the one that bridges the gap by the fruit. You might have to use words, just maybe. But what about your actions? I just love you. I just want to bless you. Have you ever just blessed somebody because the Lord told you to? We're going to talk about that, but I'm saying this is the difference in our heart. Putting God's spirit on that. Lord, I just need your blessing. Because the money that doesn't have the kingdom on it of God, the devil can get at. He has free reign. But the money that has the kingdom on it, he can't get at. Because they're guards. You've put them there. We used to say, and we've heard this, I said this last week, people will say, well, sure, they can give a lot because they have a lot. Our answer is they have a lot because they give a lot. Again, good stewards get more. So if you've not been faithful, then ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And I don't know what that is. I'm not here to give you any amount. I'm not here to, 
hype you up to, to do that. I'm just here to tell you this is an amazing principle. But if you can fix this, it'll fix so many other things in, in your life, in how you walk. Be a good steward is two things that we can sum it up and be generous. Don't have a selfish heart. This is what happens, and I'm, and I'm pretty much finished here. <clears throat> There's times that God does things that it's a stretch. Not for God, it's a stretch for me. Sometimes it seems like, oh man, I've got all this plan for whatever this is. And I thought, oh man, God, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. And I had every intention to give, you know, as soon as we got it, 10%. Yep. And then an offering. Yep. And God says, I want you to give it all. I don't want to give it all. I want you to give it all. Okay. You know why? It's not mine. When you listen to the Lord and he tells you to do something that Sometimes just, it is the breeding ground for the supernatural. I, I really can't explain it. There, there are times, you, you know, I told you the story where I, I put $10 in the plate upset. I, it's just 10 bucks. Now to some people, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. It's not a big deal. To me, at that point, 10 bucks was gas, food, and whatever. I didn't have 10. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm like, I do not need $10. And then you, you have a, if you have a wife like mine, the Lord says, give it, better do it. Okay. So I gave it. And then remember, the guy gave it back to me as soon as I was out of the service. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I can give it, I can get it back to you as quick as you can give it. And I had to reflect on that. Brett, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, God wants your heart. And there's been times that I thought I was and he'd say, I need you to do this. Twang. And I'd be, oh. But it, it is the breeding ground for the supernatural. Because then when I do that, I'm, I'm telling you, it sets the enemy to flight. Because the enemy does not want you to obey God. And when you obey God, there's, I mean, that's when things start happening. Like, you're kidding me. How did that happen? How did those people know to put groceries on our porch? We didn't tell anybody. How did that person know to put that $500 and stuck it to my door when we needed $450? We didn't tell anybody. How did that person know to put in the card enough money that's the exact amount I needed for that lawnmower? We didn't tell anybody. How? Because God works supernaturally. He's looking for people, just like the enemy is, that will be devoted to the kingdom of God. Because there's a hurting world, and there's a God, and he's looking for you to bridge the gap. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please. Father, I give you praise for these wonderful people. Those that are watching online, we thank you for that as well. And so, God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our midst as we fix our money thing. Help us get our hearts to the place that's just amazing that we are doing everything we can, not just financially, God, but just in what we do and how we live. We give you the glory for it. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
The ushers are going to come and minister uh, to you by giving. If you need an offering envelope or a pen, they'll give that to you. If you didn't get one, you didn't find one on your seat, they'll make sure that you have that. And uh, just uh, we're excited.